Good morning. Grace and peace to you. We do have the kids zone coming up, but also remember tied to that is the idea, the fact that the children will be going back to school. So uh, please pray for our children. Uh, they'll have a good year, a safe year, and that learning will be good, and that what they learn will uh, be truth, be right, and they won't be uh, encountering uh, indoctrination and lies and things like that. And pray for the parents, you know, because some of these things happen, and uh, you're going to need maybe to call the school, go talk to the teacher, stand up for your child so that, uh, you know, you protect them from all of the false stuff and garbage that's out there and even some of it that's coming in our school systems. So please keep that in mind. Okay. I'm going to talk about one of your favorite subjects today. I you can see on the little sheet. What do all these scriptures have in common? I don't have these on the sheet, so just listen. Lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, we could, we could read all morning on scriptures like that. The common thread here, at least the one we're emphasizing, is that of change change of some sort and change in a positive way, as we would say. We might call it growth, but it's change in one way or another. For some of us, change is a dirty word. We don't like change, we don't want change, and we resist change. Whether we're talking about your own personal life, whether we're talking about the congregation, whether you're talking about the culture, you just want everything to stay the same and just be nice and, as we say, normal, right? And how often does that happen? Not very often, especially in this day and age. You know, today's world is just one of regular and rapid change. Uh, I'm just going to guess and say probably in no time in the history of the world has there been more change and more rapid change than today. And you just kind of have to deal with it. You get left behind. You just get, end up running in circles and you don't know what's going on. Uh, one company buys another and, you know, they change everything. 
you can't use a credit card anymore, you can't use a change your passwords, you can't do it that way anymore, you got to do it this way now, and uh, you just, you know, you're just up in the air. And some of us older folks, we just like to, we're really set in our ways, and we just don't like it to change, you know? And then on the internet, you know, they're always, right now, Shirley's computer, she updating, they call it updating, right? It's change, and now it's going to be a, a different way to do this, a different way to do that. Sometimes we just, we laugh, you know, we get used to a certain product that we like, whether it's food or something, other kind of a thing, and then what do you know? They discontinue it. We don't make that anymore. Why not? I loved it. It was really good. It was a good thing. And then this thing with the insurance companies. Always trying to get you to change, you know? And I think I got it figured out. All right? So next month, I'm switching to Geico. <laughs> and they said, you know, you can save like 400 bucks. All right? So then the next month, I'm switching to Progressive. They said you can save 350 bucks, right? And then the next month I'm switching to the general. And then I can save another $250. And then I think the following month we're going to switch to Allstate because they're going to save you another 400 bucks plus you get the safe driving bonus check. <laughs> and so I'm going to end up with a zero bill and they're going to be paying me money. <laughs> Right? And, I mean, that's the way it sounds, right? Change. Anyway. But some of it's just really crazy. In God's words, of course, sometimes we're told to hold fast. To persevere, stay the course, you know. We, we read that depending on where we are and what we're doing. If we're on the right path, do that. But other times, we're told to jettison the past, give it up, change direction, and get on with other things. And he means it. It's for our own good. It's for our good. But even when we need to change, and we all know this, and change is a must. In fact, change happens whether we want it to or not. It's just very subtle. Day by day, right? Sue just had a birthday. We all have birthdays, you know, and, you know, after a year and another year, in fact, Patty was back there talking about, I, I know how to do things, but I don't think I can do them now. Why, why is that? Well, because we age, we change. Aging is a type of change, it just happens, and then there's growth, and like we're talking about the kids going to school, you know, when, when did they grow up to be, you know, whatever. That one song in Fiddler on the Roof, Sunrise, Sunset, it's one of my favorites, but it's like, wh when did this happen? You know, we just want, want them to stay little and we can protect them and keep them from all the, the change and the bad stuff out there. 
But even when we need to change and God says to change and we know we need to change, we're doing something that hurts us, hurts somebody else. We read the book and we know I need to do better. Change is difficult, isn't it? Change is hard. We get used to doing things one way. We think we're all right. And even as we've been talking about our wanting to start the men's leadership training and show this Conquer series that has to do with addictions and how even, and this isn't just about bad addictions, but this is about habits and just the way where we are hardwired that as we do things over and over and over again, our brains develop these neurological pathways that that's just where we automatically go when we get in certain situations. And if we have learned to go in the wrong place, to say the wrong thing, to have the wrong reaction, that makes it hard to change because we're kind of hardwired at that point just to do it that way. And so there are a lot of things that, that work against change, but that doesn't mean change isn't possible. And when God says we need to do it, guess what? We can do it with his help. So we're going to look at three things that make it hard to change. Let's go to Hebrews 12 and 1. Obstacles, things that are there, we all experience them. The Hebrew writer says here, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. To make the needed changes in life, we often have to lay aside sin. Well, we do have to lay aside sin. The writer's writing to Christians. The first scripture we read about putting off the old man and putting on the new was written to Christians. And that old man is still around, even though we're baptized into Christ and been forgiven of sins, we still have the flesh to deal with. The flesh still needs to be put to death, and just about on a daily basis we have to put the flesh to death and say no to ourselves and yes to God. But sometimes sin is so entrenched and so ingrained, it's difficult for us even to see it. It's just in there. And I'm not talking about very, you know, real evil stuff like killing people and robbery and that. We're going to give you a few examples here of things they can be just in us and we just kind of accepted them and said, you know, the old, that's the way I am. But we really need to get rid of them in order to progress, to grow, and to become more Christ-like. The first one of these, you know, just, you know, was sitting there working this up and these came to mind. The Lord helped me. There's, there's many others. The first one was Greed. Greed. Just having this appetite for more. I don't think we sometimes recognize that in ourselves. And this society promotes greed. 
buy this, buy that, you can have more, etc., etc., etc. You know, the scripture says, be content with what you have. You know, we can go back and forth in here. There's a balance here, obviously. Sometimes we need things. We have to live in this culture. But we can sure collect an attic full and a basement full and closets full and cupboards full of things that we haven't used for five or ten years. Right? So it's just something to be aware of. You know, what are you spending your money on? The second one, you know, these sometimes go hand in hand. Selfishness. Putting my own needs and wants first. We can really get into that slot. You know, and that doesn't mean you don't care about other people or, you know, don't do good things now and then. But when, as they say, push comes to shove, it's what I want to do. I never sacrifice. I never give up my schedule. I never give up my afternoon. I never give up my plans for the good of somebody else. You know, the, the self is very powerful. And it's something we have to be careful of. The next one I have here, I call it avoidance or excuse making. You know, we just don't want responsibility. We don't want to work. We don't want to be around people. And so we're just offering excuses all the time. That's not me. I'm too busy. I can't do that, etc., etc. We get in that habit. Just being in our own little cloistered little way of living. This is my life, and I don't want to change it. You need to be very careful of that. You know, the Lord calls it. The Lord puts out a call. I need help. We need help. We need this. We need that. Are you available? Are you one who offers excuses? Worldliness. Still having a real desire for the world and worldly things. The old, you can't serve two masters. Boy, you know, the world is powerful. Got all its stuff there. And we think, yeah, I can handle this. Yeah, I can do this here and there and still serve the Lord. Does God have your full allegiance, your whole heart? And the last one I have here, like I said, this is no exhaustive list, believe me. But these things can creep in on us, all of us. We have to work to get rid of them, to overcome them. Resistance to authority. How many of a grown up have, of us have grown up just resisting authority? Whether it starts with your parents, okay, you know the the, uh, the uh, policeman out there on the street. You know when you get your license, he becomes your enemy. How many of you grew up thinking that? Why is that? Uncle Sam wants me to pay taxes. Why? What? You know. Uh, Authorities are in place by God. Wives vis-a-vis their husbands. 
The husband is the head of the wife. Husbands be the head. But some wives resist the husband's authority. And then even God through his word, you know, we, we read and read and read and study and hear lessons and we say, oh no, not today, no, next week, maybe, sometime, not for me. We just kind of have that attitude of resistance to authority that says you need to do this. This is the rule. This is the law. This is good for you. This is the way God wants it. I think we all struggle with some of these from time to time. And we just have to be aware that these hold us back. As the writer says, lay these aside, get rid of these so you can run this race and you're not, you know, you're not struggling. You're not a weakling in the faith. And you're available for God's service. So we need to get rid of the sin. The second one is this. Let's go to Hebrews 5. I'm going to read a little bit here. But what we need to do is stop accepting mediocrity in our lives and move on to maturity or perfection. Some of us are just satisfied where we are. The writer says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. And some translations there have a perfection. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, this we will do if God permits. Urban Meyer, coach of the, excuse me, Ohio State football team. No offense to Michigan fans now, okay? He said this, it's so easy to be average. And he's right. Just to be mediocre, just to go along just to bounce along with the stream and the crowd. God doesn't want us to be average. He wants us to be like his son. And his son was not average. His son was perfect. His son was powerful. His son was good. His son was righteous. His son did great deeds in the name of his father. And that's what God wants us to do. You know, we, we have the tendency, again, to resist and say, I'm good where I'm at. I've progressed, and maybe you have, and God bless you, but go on to perfection. Some say, just keep giving me the milk. 
I don't want to think. I don't want to study. I don't want to be challenged. Just give me the basic stuff. I'm happy, happy, happy here, just giving me, keep spoon-feeding me the pablum. I don't want my brain to have to think. And it's one of the, I think one of the terrible characteristics of this day and age. And I think it's crept into the body of Christ at times. People don't want to think. They don't think. Just tell me what to do. And somebody says something, there's no challenge, nobody responds. It's just accepted as if it's the truth. When, as we know, over half the things you hear anymore are lies. But we just don't want to engage. Just, I just want to go home and watch TV and let my mind melt away. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing, and it's destroying this culture and this nation. And I think, to a great extent, it's harming the church. Go on to perfection, mature. Stop accept accepting mediocrity in your spiritual walk. Easy to do. The third thing. Turn to Luke 18. We'll read that in a minute. Idols in our hearts. We've spoken about these before. Some things are there. They're not sinful, but they have become sin because we hold to them more than we hold to God and His teaching. Whenever we have to choose between the idol and God, we choose the idol. And that's not right. That hurts us. And it hurts the kingdom. Again, I've got a few thoughts here, and then we're going to look at, in Luke 18 at the rich young ruler. Such things as the desire to please people. Yeah, I want, I want to be liked. I want to please people. But for some, this becomes an idol. We don't want anybody to dislike us. We will say whatever they want us to say. We will do whatever they want us to do. And that becomes a driving force in our lives. We would have, rather have God, I'm sorry, we would rather have people like us than to do the will of God. Because we're so afraid that somebody is, not, is going to say something bad about us. Similar to that, and along with that, is the fear of people. What will somebody think about me? What will they do? Will they laugh at me? If I, if I say something about my faith, will they ostracize me from the group? Will they make fun? Will they not call me anymore? We fear people. We fear what they might do to us, what they might think about us. They can become an idol, the driving force. When I know there's something I should do or should say because I'm afraid, I don't do it. I don't say it. And then how about this one, my schedule. My schedule. This gets back to the me, me first thing. But I've got my schedule. Boy, I, I run into this. I'll confess this one. I run into this. I have a schedule. I have things laid out, things I need to do, things I want to do, 
in a certain day or even in a week. And sometimes it's hard to change when God calls in some way, whether it's through your wife, somebody else from the congregation, your neighbor, something comes up. What do you do? I got this one here. You get the phone call. Brother Jones is in the ER. Brother Jones is in the ER. Well, okay, but the Steelers are on the Ravens' eight-yard line. Hey, that's a serious thing for some people. What I'm doing right now. What do you do? Is that an idol in your heart? What you plan to do today, this week. And then there's the old, we've always done it this way. Since childhood, whatever, wherever I grew up. Boy, that really gets ingrained and this has to be this way. Still remember our good sister. Most of you know her here. She's since passed on. But we were, I forget what year it was, we were talking, when we were doing the remodeling here, and we were even talking about redoing some things inside here in the, in the auditorium, and the question came up about just getting rid of the pews and getting the padded chairs so we could rearrange them in different ways and so forth. And this sister got very, well, somewhat upset because she was thinking that we should have church seats in the auditorium. Church seats, pews. That that's the way you had to do it. We get things in our head, folks, that aren't in scripture. Here's a little thing to keep in mind, and you just kind of work on this. If it's not in the, specifically in the scripture, it's up for discussion. It is. Okay? No matter how many years you've done it. Okay. A couple more. My health. Your health can become an idol. Somebody gets a little cough, a little headache. Boy, I'm out of, I'm out of commission. I'm on the disabled list. Don't call me. You know, that's the fir very first thing that if for you. All right, your health. Have to guard that one. We want to take care of ourselves, but. And then, of course, the old money. Not wrong that we all have money, some of us more than others. There's even instructions in Scripture to those who are rich in this world's goods, where they're not told to get rid of them, but to use it. But for some, it becomes. The idol. In fact, that leads us to Luke 18 and the rich young ruler. Starting in 18 to 30, I'm not going to read all this. You know the story. The rich young man came to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus quotes some of the, the uh, commandments to him, mainly the ones that have to do with dealing with other people. Okay, And he says, well, I kept all these from my youth even. 
Let's look at verse 21 there. He says, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus heard this. He said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Wow, now that's pretty radical. That's pretty crazy change, isn't it? That's getting rid of all of it. And as we said, you know, other instructions in Scripture don't say to do that. So this is a specific instruction to a specific individual because there was a specific problem with this individual. And look, look what we read next. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And so the point would be that his riches had become his security, his comfort, his future, and not God. And that's why he receives this instruction. This is meant for him. His riches were an idol. He valued them and trusted in them more than he trusted in God. And that's why Jesus said, you need to get rid of that idol in your heart and follow me. So there are idols around in our hearts, and we need to be aware of them, look for them, and when we see them, <clears throat> you say, Lord, first of all, thank you for letting me see this. And then secondly, Lord, help me to get rid of it. Help me to overcome it. Our last scripture from Matthew 13, a key to change. There's a lot of keys here to change. Of course, the Holy Spirit will help us change. There's prayer. You might need some counseling, a good brother or sister to come and talk with you, or even sometimes your, your spouse, hopefully you're on that good of footing, and say, look, do you see this in me? Do you, you see me uh, talking this way or being selfish or whatever? You know, some. Sometimes the hardest part of change is accepting the fact when someone said, yes, you're like that. You're like that a lot, is accepting that. And then moving on from there. But here's one of the great keys to change in Matthew 13, 44 to 46, two very, very short parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Sold everything, changed. He got rid of it. I want the field. I want the treasure that's in the field. 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. So here's a big shift. Takes all he has, he wants that pearl. He sees the great value in that pearl. What's the common truth in these parables? And this is the key. Each one of these people saw what they had found, whether it was the treasure or the pearl, was so much more valuable than what they already had that they were willing to give up everything to possess it. And that's the key about the kingdom. That's the key about change, growth in the Lord, becoming like Christ, however you want to style it, going on to perfection, getting rid of sin. When we realize that what we have in Christ Jesus 
the future he gives to us and even the life now becoming like him is the greatest thing the great of the greatest value of anything even that I have now I will be willing to change to get rid of it if it's holding me back from going where God wants me to go but some of us don't see the kingdom like that we just see it as part of life it's just another aspect of living rather than the greatest thing that God is giving to us. Life eternal, being able to become like his son, serving the Lord Jesus Christ in his army, in his fight against evil, growing stronger day by day to be used in his service, however he calls. What is the value of salvation? Eternal life. Serving Christ, being part of this army, and so forth. When we see, begin to see the priceless gift that God is giving us in Christ, we'll, we'll be looking for these things in our lives. We'll be, Lord, show me the idols. Lord, show me my sin. Lord, help me to overcome these things so that I can, can be more like your son and I can be used in your service. And I can bring you glory in my life. Change is difficult. Not impossible. But it can be very difficult. But God will help you change. The great, one of the greatest changes is, of course, when we come to Jesus Christ to begin with. To give him our life. To be freed from sin. And to be become as we read in Scripture, a new creation. A new creation in Christ Jesus through being baptized, being born again, as Jesus talked to Nicodemus of water and the Spirit, rising a cleansed babe in Christ to begin a new walk. If you're ready to do that this morning, we're here to assist you. You know, making that choice is hard because there are things you will have to give up. We don't have time at this moment to talk about all them, but you will be gaining so much. If you are a Christian and you've been struggling with things, you've just been kind of going along with the flow, mediocre, and accepting things the way they are, you really need to look at yourself as we've studied and talked this morning. If you need prayer, we're here to help. As Mike says, when he gets up here, uh, maybe you want to call this afternoon or sometime this week, but again, don't put it off. If the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, has convicted you, has touched your heart, you need to do something. Brother Don, would you please lead us?